Well, you know, I've been talking about church growth and how God is preparing us for the blessing. Everybody say it's on the way. That's why he's telling us don't get tired. See, it's like when you're right there at the breakthroughs, something happens and you just get tired. Yeah. That's right. Amen. But I don't care what you do, devil. <laughs> I'm going to keep coming. Amen. Because I know I can see it's on the way. I can feel it. So very close to the breakthrough, saints. But God wants us to be prepared. Amen. So I love about God. What was I saying last week? Blessings occur when preparation meets opportunity. And we saw in Ecclesiastic, everybody gets an opportunity. Everybody gets an opportunity. It said time and chance happens to them all. You're going to get the opportunity is going to come. But will you be prepared is the question. Amen. I blew so many blessings not being prepared. I was making them bold statements. Lord, don't give me another one until you make sure I'm ready before you give it to me. Yeah. Amen. See, we all want it. We, we get anxious. But I don't want it till I'm ready. Because I know I'll squander it. I'll mess it up. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord God. So today, saints, we're going to finish up the, part, the first part of the five biblical ministries that have to be active and effective to grow the church. Amen. Then hopefully, time permitting, we'll begin on the second part of the five biblical ministries that have to be active and effective, which is education is the second part. Let me give you all this quick refresher. The first part is evangelism, education, fellowship, worship, and service. Those things have to be active, amen, and effective to grow the ministry, amen? God wants his kingdom to grow, amen, on earth. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank yeah. you, Jesus. That's why he's so patient with us. He's just waiting, amen, giving everybody opportunity. Again, everybody gets an opportunity, amen? Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So let's finish, let's go and finish up, hopefully, evangelism today. It's a couple of other types. So far, we covered uh, we covered intellectual evangelism, which just invokes thought, reason as to why we worship God. It invokes thought. That's what that's what Paul did when he was in uh, Athens with the men of Athens. They were very superstitious. Amen. He wanted to worship all these different uh, pictures and arts and graphic. And Paul just just told him, "Hey, we're 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 offsprings of the Lord." We didn't come from that mess. Why do you worship it? Amen. And then we, uh, we talked about, we saw how Paul, I mean, how um, Peter uh, uh, did the confrontational evangelism, which is just straightforward preaching and, and public speaking. Again, evangelists just simply share God's word. Amen. Preaching the gospel to the lost. And there's so many ways to do it. Amen. Amen. One way that I really love and I think is most effective is your testimonial evangelism. When you tell them what God did for you. Mm. It don't get no better than that. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. That's one of my favorites. You know, letting them know that testimony. Amen. Amen. (laughs) 
Because God is no respected person. If he do it for me, he'll do it for you. Amen. Then we, we talked about the interpersonal evangelism. Amen. Please note this first, thanks to God. We all evangelists. Say amen to that. Amen. We all going to get a turn to share the good news. Share the gospel with the lost. That's what we do. Amen. We all evangelists. But this interpersonal evangelism is when you become involved in someone's life. Take them under your wing and develop a friendship with them. Amen. That's interpersonal evangelism. That's what we have with, the, with, with God. We have a personal relationship with the Lord. Right. A friendship. That's why he calls us friend. Right. Amen. It's a scripture that says we're even closer than a friend. Amen. So sometimes you have to take a person under your wing and be their friend. Amen. Amen. Then they'll hear what the spirit of the Lord is saying through you. Amen. You get to evangelize. That's a couple of more evangelism techniques I want to touch on before we go to education, saints. Because this is a form of evangelism called invitational evangelism. And it's definitely necessary to grow your church. Amen? Interpersonal, I mean, uh, invitational evangelism, saints. And that's just simply inviting them. If you want to grow your church, you got to invite folks, right? Look at the back of the program. It's there every week. What does it say on the back? It's an announcement. Bring a friend to church Sunday. How long that been on there? Every Sunday. Invitational evangelism. Let us not discriminate, picking and choosing. Just invite everyone. And then in bold, it says, we all need God. All need Isn't that simple? Amen. <laughs> a Bible that's falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Say amen to that. Amen. It's invitational evangelism. We got to invite them all. Mm-hmm. I like this little danger thing on the back. My wife showed me this thing. It says danger, and it says the Holy Bible. It says the Bible... Bible use can become habit forming. Regular reading can cause loss of anxiety, fear, and a decreased appetite for impatience and anger. That's what regular use of the Bible can do. Amen. Amen. Listen to these symptoms. Symptoms include increased love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it said, if these symptoms right here persist, just praise the Lord. That's that's what you do. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Talking about invitational evangelism. You all remember the Samaritan woman in John's gospel, how she invited the people in her village to come and hear what Jesus had to say. That was invitational evangelism. She was so touched by that interaction with him. Like we are. You know, when you have an encounter with God, it'll touch you. Amen. Amen. She was so touched with that interaction with him. And we're the same way, saints. We're touched by that. 
So we should be inviting everyone. Amen. Come and hear about Jesus, the man who knows our life. That's what she did. Come on, come hear about him. He knew everything about me. <laughs> We're going to look at that. If you all would, turn to John chapter 4. Today we're looking at invitational evangelism. <coughs> Thank you, Jesus. Invitational evangelism. Inviting everyone. Say amen to that. Amen. Just invite them all. Yeah. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord God. You know, it's a, it's a law of average in the earth. You know, they say if you do 50, you might get five. But in them five, oh, you're going to touch thousands of lives. Right. Amen. Amen. So don't, don't get discouraged. Amen. When they say, no, I, I got this to do, that to do. Okay. Just keep inviting them. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Invitation of evangelism. John chapter 4, look at verse 1. It says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Verse 2 says, though Jesus himself baptized not, but his disciples. Verse 3 says, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Yeah. <laughs> I want y'all to notice a few things in them three scriptures. God bless you, woman of God. Praise the Lord. So he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Y'all know why he left Judea? Because the Pharisees was opposing him. Hmm. Amen. It's a huge fighter up here saying, I got to kill him. I got to kill him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. He left Judea because the Pharisees were opposing him, saints. They didn't like John, and they really despised Jesus. Amen. So baptizing, when he was baptizing more disciples than John, oh, they, didn't, they didn't like that. Mm -mm. But what I, what I noticed, that it says in verse 1, the Lord knew. <laughs> Amen. Let's look at that again. Verse 1 says, when therefore the Lord knew. How the Pharisees. He knew, saints, God is all knowing. Say amen to that. Amen. So don't have things from God. He already know. Amen. <laughs> you can talk to him about anything. Because he already knows. <laughs> Look at verse 4. And he must needs go through Samaria. <laughs> now here's the problem right here. In order to go back to Galilee, he got to go back through Samaria. <laughs> Amen. And it, it was a strong antipathy between the Jews and the Samaritans. It was strong. It was a dislike or a hostility between them. Amen. Now, Samaria means the Watch Mountain. And this, this was an evil city. It had been an evil city because Ahab built a temple to Baal in Samaria. Amen. But it was several roads, as I was studying this, it was several roads which lead from Judea to Galilee. It was one near the sea coast, and another one was through the region of Paris, and one through the heart of Samaria, which they say that, that was the, sh the shortest route. 
And I know Jesus, he don't waste time. Amen. Even though he doesn't live in time. Amen. He created time, but he lives in forever. Amen. But he doesn't waste it. <laughs> and we really shouldn't either, saints of God. We live in, uh, we have a certain amount of time to get done what we need to get done. Amen. So it, was, it showed that that was the shortest route, going straight through the heart of Samaria, saints. But here's what I noticed about this scripture more than anything. It says, and he must needs. <laughs> See, I believe he had a divine spiritual appointment, right. a holy hookup. Sometimes we do some things we have to do. It's a must need. Amen. God has some things set up for you that's a must need, saints of God. Say amen to that. Amen. For example, my son's marriage to his new bride. That was a must need. The Lord was showing me this when he put it in me. But also for me to meet her dad, Minister Dwayne, that was a must need. It was a holy hookup. Amen. And, 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 and my son's now wife, she would keep telling me this all the time. You remind me of my dad. You remind me of my dad. She would always say that. And when I met her dad, we were sitting there having breakfast. I promise you all, it was, he was like my twin. Wow. It was like I was sitting there talking to myself. Wow. It, was, it was just, I was like, what in Lord, what is this about? And then he said this, he said, well, you know, I gotta go, man of God, I gotta get back to my mother. I say that all the time. I got to go. I'm taking care of my, he's taking care of his mother. I was like, this is incredible. Amen. A twin in the spirit. Mm. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. It was a must need, saints of God. And, and he must needs go through Samaria. We all going through some things that's a must need. Oh, thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm using this passage to show you this invitational evangelism. Look at verse 5. Thank you, Lord. Jesus had this appointment, this divine destiny in meeting this Samaritan woman. Because <laughs> he revealed to her, saints, he was the Messiah. Verse 5 says this. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Shekar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, you know what Shakar means? <laughs> it means a town of drunkards no. or a town of liars. <laughs> Me personally, I don't want to go through there. <laughs> but for him, it was a must need. He had to go through there. Amen. Look at verse six. Now Jacob's well was there Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, set thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. <laughs> now, I studied this for a long time, this sixth hour. I said, something is with that. <laughs> I studied this sixth hour, and I, I come up with two different times, and it's based on the clock John was referring to. So Roman time, saints of God, which begins at noon, would place this incident around 6 p.m., but in the ancient Jewish tradition, noontime was always referred to as the sixth hour of the day. Right. <laughs> but what 
is really profound about this scripture is it shows Jesus' humanity. It says he being weary. He was tired yeah. from his journey. Now, we know Emmanuel is God in the flesh, right? That's Jesus. But when he walked this earth in flesh, he felt exactly what we feel. Oh, that's why it's so easy to submit to him. <laughs> Keep your finger right there on uh, John 4 and 6. Let me show it to you in Hebrews. It's, it spells it out so beautiful. Hebrews 4 and 15 says this. It says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the filling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted, like as we are, yet without sin. <laughs> See, Jesus went through everything we grow through, but he didn't sin. That's why we got to bring all our issues to him. It's not like he don't know. He don't know what this is like. Oh, Lord, you don't know what I'm going through. He knows what you're going through. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy. He already knows, saints. He went through it himself. That's what the scripture is telling us. So don't hide your mess. A lot of times we had our mess from the Lord. We think we had it, right? But he knows exactly what you're going through. <laughs> he will direct your paths away from sin in that area. Because it says he, he went through the same thing without sin. That's what he's going to do for you. Amen. Yeah. Back to John 4 and 7. Because we're going to stay focused. We're talking about invitational evangelism, right? Yeah. Verse 7 says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Yeah. Jesus said unto her, Give me a drink. Give me to drink. So right here, Jesus broke social custom, right? Because right. <laughs> Jews talking to Samaritan women in public... They didn't do that. Even further, he's asking her to do something. Yeah. Amen. So much revelation in this scripture verse here. Again, God has no respect of persons, right? Amen. He talking to the Samaritan to women out in the public. It's a perfect example for invitational evangelism. See, he doesn't pick and choose who he want to invite. Amen. Who he want to talk to. Oh, I'm talking to the, these Jews, but I ain't talking to these Samaritans over there. He don't do that. That's what, oh, let me read this again. Okay, Lord. It says, let us not discriminate, picking and choosing. Just invite everybody. That's your example. Thank you for showing. You just dropped that back in my head. Amen. Thank you, Lord God. Invitational evangelism, saints of God. Just talk to all of them. Look at verse 8. For his disciples were going away unto the city to buy meat. Now watch this, saints. Jesus doesn't make food appear every time they got hungry. Because we know he can, he can feed 5,000 with just a, a few loaves and fishes, right? But when they can provide for themselves, he just let them do it. So they was going to buy meat. And in addition, Jesus and his disciples were willing to buy food from Samaritans. <laughs> See, they didn't follow those self-imposed regulations of the stricter Jews. Right. Amen. See, the stricter Jews would in no way eat some food handled by the outcast Samaritans. Right. They're not going to do it. Amen. <laughs> Look at verse 9. It says, Then saith the woman of Samaria, Samaria unto him, How is it that being a Jew... Ask if drink of me, 
which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Hey, that's our confirmation right there, saints. This was out of order. He broke custom. Amen. Sometimes we got to break custom, saints. And you'll be shocked when you talk to somebody you just normally don't talk to. I know I was in a restaurant, and this man, I had a Ferrari shirt or something on. He said, man, you got a Ferrari? And he was just somebody I just would never start, you know, talk to. And we just started talking. It was a great conversation. Amen. You just don't know. So just talk to all of them. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. So the woman is not, she don't even understand. She's thinking this is not normal. Jews don't deal with Samaritans. And furthermore, if his disciples would have been there, they would have been discouraging him not to talk to her. Amen. The truth be told, here in the U.S., women make up about 75% of the churches, saints of God. And, and back then, a large part of Jesus' followers were women. He had all the Marys, Martha, Dorcas, Joanna, Susanna. There's just so many more. There was no barrier with Jesus and women. Amen. <laughs> Look at verse 10. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. <laughs> How powerful is that answer? You know, the Old Testament is the background for this term, living water. Amen. It was the fountain of living water. See, Yahweh decreed the, the disobedient Jews for rejecting him. He, he publicly denounced them. He condemned them. Amen. But he called himself, he, he, he decrees them for, for being disobedient and rejecting him, but he calls himself the fountain of living waters. And Jesus is telling her who he is in this scripture. See, living water is symbolic to eternal life, saints. The gift of God is eternal life to all who ask. Amen. God gives out this gift, eternal life, freely to those who know who Jesus is and ask for it. That's what the scripture is saying. Look how, he, look how he put it. Jesus answered and said unto him, If thou knewest the gift of God, that's the free gift, and who it is that saith to thee, and Jesus, huh? If you know who Jesus is, then he said, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, you just ask him, and he would have given thee living water. Hallelujah. That's the formula. Amen. Invitational evangelism. If they knew, saints of God, listen to it. If they knew who you was presenting to them, <laughs> amen, who Jesus, then they would ask, well, you know what? I want, I want that what you got, amen, that living water, <laughs> eternal life. you talking to them about, oh, no, we, we, we in this forever, amen. <laughs> this is eternal. <laughs> life in Christ is forever, amen. <laughs> Oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but many lean on to their own understanding. They think we have an expiration date. Amen. Not in Christ you don't. <laughs> we may leave this place, but it's not over. That's why we love Jesus. Isn't that what he proved to us? He laid down for three days and then what happened? 
I got them up. Amen. The same with us. He has no respect of persons. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 11. The woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? See how we think in the carnal mind? What are you talking about, this living water? You don't even have nothing to drink, to draw it in the well. <laughs> leaning on our own understanding. Say amen to that. Amen. Oh, that's my favorite scripture, Lord. Say, Rudy, don't lean on your own understanding. If I tell you, don't be trying to figure it all out. <laughs> Go with it. Amen. <laughs> Verse 12. Art thou greater than our father Jacob? She's trying to figure it out. Which gave us the well and drank thereof himself? And his children and his cattle? Are you greater than him? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. He's trying to tell her this, this natural stuff, that carnal stuff you in, you're going to keep being thirsty. But look at verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up unto what, saints? Everlasting life. <laughs> oh, that's the water we're drinking. We're drinking that water. <laughs> Amen. The whosoever in this scripture is us. See, we're drinking the water that God is giving us described in this well. Amen. It's described as a well, as a matter of fact, which springs up into everlasting life. Everybody just say amen to that. That's what we're doing. The woman said unto him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Now she's coming to her senses. She said, I want some of that water. (laughs) See, that's invitation to evangelism right there. They finally come to their senses. Look, give me some of that. What you been drinking? Sir, give me this water. Because she said, I don't want to thirst and come back to this well anymore. I need that water right there. Verse 16, Jesus said unto her, go call thy husband and come hither. (laughs) Oh, this is a revelation right here. Look at verse 17. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, thou hast well said, I have no husband. See, when you're really ready to drink that living water, you got to come to him in the truth. Amen. She could have said, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to go get my husband. Yeah, he at work. He can't come, you know. But she just told him the truth. He tell him the truth. He already know. Did, didn't I tell y'all he already know? Why are you trying to have something he already know? See, when you worship God, you got to worship him in spirit and in truth. She got in the truth real quick, didn't she? She was ready for that water. Yep. Amen. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. He knew, saints. Here she is in a town of drunkards and liars telling him the truth. Yeah. <laughs> and what did Jesus do? He complimented her. Amen. Thou hast well said. You're not a liar in this town of drunkards and liars. You're telling the truth. Tao has well said. Then he began to take her even deeper. 
See, this is what the thing is. Once you get to in, with God in truth, he'll take you deeper. Look at verse 18. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou hast, and, and, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that sayest thou truly. You're telling me the truth. That's how you got to come to them, saints. Oh, we get so crazy, so phony. We don't want to tell the truth as if he don't know. <laughs> he unfolded her life and then complimented her again for telling him the truth. Amen. Jesus knew all about her. Before he even began talking to her, he knew, saints of God. Amen. He told her, who you, have to now, who you have now is not your husband. See, marriage is a recognized covenant, saints of God. Living together is not. Amen. He recognized this. Amen. Even though her sins were scarlet, he offered her salvation. Saints of God, bring your truth to the Lord. He already knows. You have not. Because you, you don't ask not. Don't hide like you're okay and pretend as if he doesn't know. He knows. Amen. Oh, look at verse 19. The woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a, par a prophet. Yes. <laughs> See, Jesus' knowledge of her life indicated that he has some supernatural inspiration. Right. Amen. Amen. Look what she tells him in verse 20. Our fathers worshiped in this mountain. And ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men are to worship. Jesus said unto her, woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. See, the, the Jews and the Samaritans had different beliefs of where to worship saints. And Jesus didn't even want him to debate that with her. Right. <laughs> he, he, he knew it didn't make a difference. Please hear me, saints. It's not where you worship. It's who you worship. Amen. What you worship. Amen. How you worship. Amen. He's looking for true worshipers. Preach. Care if you over there or over here. Amen. Amen. Look at verse 22. Ye worship you know not what. See, then here go the problem. <laughs> you don't know what you're worshiping. <laughs> we know what we worship for, for salvation is of the Jews. Woo-wee! <laughs> See, the law of God came through the Jews. Amen? Amen. But salvation also came through the Jews because Jesus is a Jew. Amen. Amen? And our salvation is through him. <laughs> so that's what he was telling us. <laughs> salvation is of the Jews amen look at verse 23 but the hour cometh and now is say and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the father in spirit and in truth for the father seeketh such to worship him see this is what's important saints of God worshiping him in truth not having that nonsense that you doing or going through or whatever just come to him in the truth. He already know. He going to compliment you and then he going to bless you. Then he going to offer you something. Oh, thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. 
Oh, thank you, Jesus. Look at verse 24, saints. It says, God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. He already knows, saints of God. We got to worship him in spirit and in truth. See, the spirit is willing. Come on. But the flesh is weak. That's the problem. Don't come to him in your flesh. It's weak. It want to lie. It want to do all kind of crazy things. Let your spirit lead you, saints. Look at verse 25. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. He was telling her all things. Didn't he tell her all things about her life? What is she talking about? When he comes, he's going to tell us all things. Amen. Amen. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. She, did, she, did she miss his saints? <laughs> Look at verse 26. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. He just outright told her. What are you talking about when the Messiah comes? I am the Messiah. Hallelujah. Didn't you miss it? Didn't I tell you your whole life? Lord have mercy. He just told her directly who he was, saints. Look at verse 27. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, what seekest thou? Or why talkest thou with her? I told y'all, see, if he they would have caught him on the onset, they would have been like, oh, don't go talk to her. <laughs> you know, we don't talk to them. But they, they rolled up as like, is he over there talking about? <laughs> it was blowing their mind. Wow. Oh, Lord, our mercy. They didn't ask him, though. What, what you seeking over there? Why, why are you talking to her? They didn't ask him. They just marveled. <laughs> Amen. Sometime when God do something for you, don't you just marvel, though? Yes. <laughs> I be scratching my head, though. I be wanting to ask, Lord, how in the world did you do that for but I, sometimes I just don't ask. I just marvel and thank them. Amen. Lord, thank you. Thanks. I didn't know how I was going to do that. <laughs> thank you, Jesus. I just be marveling. Look at verse 28. The woman then left her water pot and went her way into the city and saith to the men. This is our message today, right? Go save. Go leave. Go save. Invite them to see what this man Jesus is doing in your life. Amen. Invitational evangelism. Look what she did. Verse 29. Come see a man which told me all things that I ever did. Is not this the Christ? She got it now. She got it now. Is, this, is not this the Christ? He done told me everything. <laughs> That's invitational evangelism, saints of God. Invite them all to come and see the man that knows everything yeah. about you. And I want you to pay close attention to her invitation. Because don't, don't tell them to come and see your pastor. Uh -uh. Don't do that. <laughs> Amen. <Yeah. laughs> Amen. Tell them to come see Christ moving in your church. Yeah. See, invite them to Jesus Christ. He's a superstar. At the movie say Jesus Christ superstar. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord, thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah to you, Lord God. Blessed be your holy name. You know, I want to get to that benevolent 
evangelism and education, but we, but I'm going to stop right here. And I'm going to thank God for his word on invitational evangelism. Thank you, Lord God. Invite them all to come see the man who knows everything about them. <laughs> That's what we got to do. Amen. Hallelujah to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word on invitational evangelism. Help us, Lord, not to discriminate, but to invite everyone. Thank you for what you're teaching us to grow this ministry, to grow your kingdom. We give you all the praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen.